0: Hi. It's nice to see you. I know. We're doing a
1: video chat instead of an audio chat today, and it's really ramping up our game.
0: (laughs) We don't have a lot to talk about this week, but I watched a lot this week that I want to talk about. Um, Oh, boy. Some of which I've already talked to you about, but I'm, like, prepped and, like, loaded for this episode. I am ready. Oh,
1: great. I mean, I just have an article pulled up on my phone, and then I have another topic. (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) I love this. Okay, so hit
1: me. What's up? First thing we must talk about this week, an urgent action item, not an action item, just a piece of news that's very important, is one Nikki Blonsky's coming out. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Which, let's be clear, listeners, I don't know how many of you were on top of this, but Robert and I have known for a while, that Nikki Blonsky was not straight.
0: Yeah, when it happened, I literally texted you and was like, D- is this news?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Taylor Schilling, where it's like, we knew, but they just now have said it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like uh, a public announcement.
1: Yeah. We knew because Nikki Blonsky, if you recall, I wonder if I can find the post, a while ago she posted that she was dating someone non-binary. Oh. Uh, Oh no, okay. She doesn't post that often. Maybe she hasn't deleted it. Here she is with Coach Beast. Classic. Here she is with the cast of Jersey Boys. Here she is with Coach Beast again. Here she is with a nurse. Okay, so I can't find it. But she, a while ago, posted like that she had a partner of some sort. And it like revealed that she was not straight in some capacity and it was on Instagram, right? Did, did, did this happen no. or am I making this up?
0: I, I don't know. Anything? I just feel Anything like talk- I've always known.
1: Yeah, me too. I feel like I've known since day one.
0: I feel like she has spoken out about it before.
1: Aha. Yes. On May 30th, 2019. So she has deleted the post cause I'm back to 2018 in her Instagram. Interesting. Interesting. Well, here she is with Liza Minnelli. Whoa!
0: Did not know that that happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's certainly
0: Where were they?
1: I don't know. She says, just found this little gem. Love her so much. Mm. Here's her with a bunch of guys. Here she says, have a great weekend, everyone. Have a wonderful Easter and Passover. Yeah, so she deleted the post. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm. So On May 30th, 2019, E! News reported, Hairspray's Nikki Blonsky says she's the, quote, happiest ever after debuting new relationship. I am excited for the future, she tells E! News. And then... (laughs) Nikki Blonsky is probably singing I Can Hear the Bells. Oh,
0: my God.
1: After revealing the special person in her life, the 30-year-old actress recently debuted her boo-thing, Danny, D-A-N-I. Oh, day three at Dragon was the best one yet. The 30-year-old singer captioned her post alongside a series of images where she posed with her SO. Oh, signature. No, significant other signature. Signature. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. It's gotta be signature. Um no, she did delete the post. This is a roller coaster. Nikki, um, Kate, come on the podcast. <laughs> So, it. So Danny, yeah, here we go. Moreover, Danny shared a sweet snap of them locking lips. I love you, Nikki Blonsky, they wrote on Instagram, which is currently private. The caption also incur- included a sparkle heart emoji and the hashtags My Girl and Team Nikki. Blonsky's partner identifies as non-binary and uses the pronouns they, them. Whoa. Here's the picture of them.
0: Oh, my gosh. First of all, they're so cute. I they're know, they're still together.
1: No, because Nikki deleted the post of them.
0: <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Right. So I guess, <laughs> I love that it, okay, okay, I guess I get that. You get what? Like the whole situation.
1: Yeah, like that's how I knew that she was queer in some capacity. Not that you can't be straight and date a non-binary person. You can. Mm-hmm. She, you can be whatever you want and do whatever you want. But
0: she, she just put a name on it.
1: Yeah. For those who didn't see, she posted a video of her dancing to Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out with the caption, hi, it's Nikki Blonsky, I'm gay.
0: (laughs) You can watch it on our Instagram right now.
1: Yes, you can.
0: (laughs) Uh, She's amazing. I love her so much. She is making a great life off cameo. And I, I feel like it's been our dream since season one to have her on the podcast. Yeah, and now that she's officially gay, she can come on the podcast. That's so true. Nikki, get your cute little butt over here.
1: Yeah. She sure. lives
0: in New York, right?
1: She lives in New Jersey. That we got, we can make that happen. And right now we would need to Skype with her anyway.
0: Oh, that's I get yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I have to say about Nikki Blonsky is that She is an amazing example of turning a bit into a personality successfully.
0: Yep. I'm Nikki Blonsky from the musical Hairspray.
1: Exactly. And because when she was doing, for those who don't know, Nikki Blonsky got famous from being in the movie version of Hairspray. And, but then she got famous again because she went viral on social media for the fact that she was always tweeting at people, hey, it's Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. I'm such a big fan. <laughs> but she ran with that. And now she does cameos where she starts, hi, it's Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray, as we know, because you got me a cameo from her.
0: And, <laughs> I did.
1: And she just. And you loved that cameo. I love that cameo. I wish I still had it. I'm pissed I don't. Maybe when she comes on the podcast, she'll redo it. But anyway, Nikki Blonsky amazing. Everyone start tweeting at her and tell her to come on the podcast.
0: Yeah, really. Okay. so The first thing that I want to talk about is I watched a single man. Okay. After all of this time, I feel like I've wanted to watch it since we were friends. <laughs> and I... I I remember being like, oh my God, it's Julianne Moore and Colin Firth in a movie together about days. I have to watch it. And you were like, okay, but if you do, like, it's very sad. (laughs) I was like, okay. Okay. And it is very sad, but I do think, like, what a wonderful movie. Yeah, it's Um, great. It's it's currently on Hulu or Netflix or or something. I think Um, it's Netflix. First of all, what a beautiful performance from Julianne Moore. I know. Her accent is all over the place. She has like a British accent in the movie for anybody that has not seen it. I don't really know if it's a true story or not. I know it's based on a book.
1: Same. I I don't know if it's based on a memoir or a novel.
0: I hope a novel. but A novel, yeah. What a world-class performance from her. She never disappoints. Love her forever. And like, what a great character for her to play like when they show her the first time and she's sitting there putting her makeup on in a mirror smoking a cigarette talking to her gay best friend on the phone being like i canceled all my plans tonight and i'm gonna drink instead do you want to come over i was like this is the perfect person (laughs) i I, like i would be friends with her yeah and i don't want to spoil the movie for anybody that has not seen it but the content didn't necessarily matter to me as much as the style of the movie, I thought it was captivating. The, the like the coloring of the movie and how it changed throughout to like emphasize the storytelling. And Colin Firth has never looked hotter. Um, <laughs> like I don't know what he did, and it's not just because he's playing a gay guy in it. He's just like he wears that suit so well. And then what's his face? The guy that plays the student that you like tries to that he like almost sleeps with kenny is played by nicholas holt like clearly before he was famous
1: oh right he, that guy
0: amazing performance amazing performance he's the one that just that says sir the whole time yeah uh, and the the moment when it turns from respect from you being my teacher to i want you to fuck me mm-hmm. i was like I'm this movie is incredibly depressing and I am so turned on by it. It's a hot movie. I was really surprised also Jennifer Goodwin is in it um as his oh, like um yeah. just all around a really just like wonderful movie that was so moving and sad and the whole end was just a lot and I at the end of it I got really upset. Not for the obvious reasons, but I, I sat there and I was like, wow, like, I can only hope to love somebody that much. Someday. Yeah. And I think that, like, suggesting the movie to our listeners, that's kind of what I want to harp on. Like, the, the making of the movie, if you love just, like, watching a well-made movie, this is the one. Um, <laughs> and also just, like, the relationship between not only him and Julianne Moore, but him and his ex-lover... Um, or lover or whatever I just totally enthralled I will probably watch it again someday
1: wow that's high praise no it's not you watch movies all the time
0: (laughs) I know I'm like I pulled up the list of movies that I just watched this week and I and I was like oh okay so I'm gonna talk about this one at the top and this one all the way down here at the bottom (laughs) that's all I really have to say about a single man except that it's Available for streaming if you haven't seen it. It's a great, like, rainy day watch with, like, a glass of wine.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So what's the article that you have?
1: This is my second news item of the week. But it's sort of, it's two news items. It's, it's like, in parts. Oh, oops. I was Googling Rosamund Pike and I lost the article. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure... We all saw, or maybe we didn't all see, the article, the interview with Kenny Ortega about High School Musical.
0: I did not see it, but I do love High School Musical. So
1: Kenny Ortega in an interview basically was like the character of Ryan, who we talked about last week. We decided that Disney wasn't going to be like progressive enough at the time that they were going to be interested in having an openly gay character. So we were basically just like Ryan is who he is and he's going to come out of the closet in college, which is interesting. However, then there was a twist, which is that Lucas, who we discussed last week, was asked about that. Uh, like interview with Kenny Ortega. And he said, there are so many amazingly talented gay actors that could do it as well. So if high school musical was made today, I don't know if I would play Ryan. I would love to, but the last thing I want to do is take an opportunity away from other people. As a straight white man. I know that even without trying, I have taken opportunities away from other people. I know Robert is shocked. (laughs) And I am sure I was, when I read that article, I was the definition of shocked.
0: Like what? He's literally, he. I can't even speak. He yeah. literally made a career off of being gay. Yeah. Like every other Disney movie that he's in, he's kind of exactly the same. And he's in and the milk. And then he's in milk. Oh my God. What? I actually don't believe this is true. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense because if you've seen him now, he definitely looks straight. and if you don't he's in the high school musical the musical the series which is great you should watch it um yeah he's in like a dream sequence i'm floored actually
1: whoa he's got long hair
0: and i hate when like influencers and podcasters say this but like if you know me i like really like high school musical like i think it's fun And I cannot believe that I did not know this until the year of our Satan 2020. I know, right? Like,
1: okay, whoa. He posted a video of characters from a bunch of Disney movies doing the We're All in This Together dance. And it includes the characters from Zootopia, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, the pig Reese Witherspoon plays in Sing. Olaf from Frozen, Homer Simpson, Donald Duck, a stormtrooper, the girl Spider-Man, the Hulk, the last airbender, that guy from The Thing with the orange, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, and Mickey Mouse. So, everyone go to Lucas Craville's Instagram to watch a video that is dark-sided. <laughs>
0: oh my god what is happening i'm so glad we're
1: doing a video call so i can show you this video
0: this is crazy does it have sound
1: make our dreams come.
0: oh <laughs> okay here's what i have to say at least it's the right choreography
1: i know oh my god okay that is shocking
0: if you're wondering what we're screaming about you can go to our instagram right now and and check out our episode post i'll put the video in there good wow wow wow, wow a million people in it anyway well, I guess I have to unstan Lucas Gabriel for making me believe that he's been gay for a hundred years.
1: I know. I was, this morning I was reading the Kenny Ortega thing and I was like, oh, I wonder if Lucas Gabriel ever like said anything about this. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And so I Googled Lucas Gabriel gay <laughs> mm-hmm. and this article came up and I was lying in bed and I truly, I was like, what is happening? What world am I living in?
0: I don't know. I I think I think we did something and ended ourselves up in a different timeline. <laughs> because things keep coming out and I'm like, but that's not true. Like, me, I know what's true. <laughs> it's just like... Derek I mean, said. I guess it makes me less mad. I guess it makes me less mad that Lucas played a straight guy in a movie than it did making me think that he played a gay guy in a movie. Um, <laughs> even though... Ryan comes out in college. Oh, really show me college school of a musical. Wow, that's... I won't stop thinking about that, actually. I think <laughs> we're going to come back next... We're going to record our episode next week, and I'm going to be like, so, in this week's news, Lucas Cremial is still gay. Or still straight. <laughs> I still can't even say it correctly. Wow. Fuck the rest of my news. None of that matters. <laughs> They were gonna drop a bomb like that on me. Wow, well, I don't know how to segue into the next thing now because I'm just gonna be thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, um, the floor is yours. Okay, I just have to go into it then. So, I did watch another movie, of course, those people. Which I also know that you know that I watched. Yeah. It, it it is also on Netflix. It has been in my Netflix queue for years, like actual years, and I have never watched it because I was always like, eh, it's like a low budget gay movie on Netflix. Like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be into it. I was wrong, everyone. <laughs> I was very wrong. And if you've ever seen the movie, you probably understand. It's not that complex of a movie. It's very simple, but it's kind of everything that I've been looking for for a long time in jay and i's friendship i've cons- I've kind of consistently throughout the years been like i'm looking for a gay story that's like happy and not sad not about aids but like not necessarily not about death like like i'm like i have kind of been in this in in this pursuit of the perfect story and that did kind of happen with us when red white and royal blue uh yes. came out Where- like wow this is great if only the characters were already out this would kind of be my like my perfect story but I didn't mind it and I was like this is it those people is kind of like the movie for me <laughs> this movie okay. was made for nobody else um <laughs> it's not rated it's only 90 minutes it was made in 2015 and the reason that I had added it to my list is because this afternoon Jason Ralph is Kind of like the romantic interest in the movie. Uh, Jason Ralph is a celebrity crush of mine. Oh, he—he's the main character in the Magicians TV series, and then he's also been in a couple of other things. What? But...
1: Just the Magicians. <laughs> what about it? I've had it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was in that. He apparently was in the Most Violent Year. He was um, apparently in Random Acts. Of slyness, he apparently. Oh, he was in Younger. I totally forgot he was in Younger. And who? Um, you. He plays one of the literary agents. He's only in a couple of episodes, oh. and I think that he has a ponytail. He might be kind of gross in it. Let me see if I can find a picture. According of to him Wikipedia,
1: in he's Peter, and he was Peter in Peter the Starcatcher. Where?
0: Wait a second. I Adam Chandler Barat see-
1: was Peter in Peter the Starcatcher. <laughs>
0: Yeah, was he the replacement? Maybe. <gasps> he's married to Rachel Brosnahan? I guess, he's also in The Night Of. And looking, he's apparently in Smash as a fan. Um, okay. is it. He's in a lot, I've, I've been a fan of his for a while, but I definitely was introduced to him as a person in The Magicians. And he plays the romantic lead interest in this. And as I said, the story is kind of simple. It's basically about this guy named Charlie, who's played by this actor named Jonathan Gordon, who has scrubbed himself from the internet. I have tried to contact this actor because I want to talk, like interview him about this movie. He's nowhere. So if you do know him, I want to bring him onto the podcast and talk to him about this movie, but he's like gone anyway. So it's about this guy named Charlie and his like little friends and, his relationship with his best friend Sebastian. And they're both gay and out and in their mid-late twenties. And the movie is partially about kind of that point in life that I find myself in right now. And I'm sure you may or may not as well. I'm not I don't know. Where I'm kind of like, okay, I'm too young to do these things and I do have to grow up and do these like more adult things. And to do that I have to sacrifice these things that I loved when I was younger and like kind of become the person that I'm like supposed to be, like that kind of part of my life, all of the characters are at that right now. And Sebastian, Jason Roth's character, his dad committed some sort of fraud and like stole money from all of these really poor families and used it to make himself very rich and is now in jail. And he's like going through a lot within all of that. And he's kind of like a big disgrace in New York and nobody wants to see him except for his best friend Charlie, who's also in love with him. And so he kind of like uses Charlie to make himself feel better, but Charlie receives like, like takes it as love, love. And it may be meant in that way, but that's not like their relationship is very complicated and complex and the movie is kind of about charlie eventually like finds another gay guy in new york how could he um but <laughs> the gay guy is um, he he is the pianist at marie's crisis love and it like becomes a one-night stand but then you find out that he's actually like a concert pianist at what looks to be lincoln center but is probably city center and He's like a big time pianist with this beautiful loft in in Manhattan, or no, maybe he lives in, yeah, in Manhattan. And it's kind of that battle of like, it becomes that battle between the two main gay characters of like, you're my best friend and you make me feel better, but now you have somebody that makes you feel good. And how do I now feel about that? Especially when all three of us are gay and at this like breaking point in our lives. And it, I don't know, it just like really resonated with me. I, I like really loved it. It was the hottest movie I've watched this week. The sex scenes were far, and few between, far, and few between, but incredibly realistic. Like I feel like we've talked about it with a couple of lesbian movies that we that we've talked about over the seasons where we're like, well, wow, that portrayal of that sex scene is actually like very realistic to what it's like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen that represented in, in like, gay sex, because it's usually blown over in, like, actual cinema. And this, like, did not make it, like, a sexy, like, this is, like, a hot, like, steamy scene that, like, people are going to, like, jerk off to in their house. Like, it's not that. It's very, like, if you were... To have sex with this person in these situation in this situation that this is what it would be like and I really appreciated that and it kind of made it hotter. Um, <laughs> I sobbed through so much of it. And to anybody that's kind of looking for something to watch right now but doesn't really know, honestly, I highly suggest this movie. I will probably be rewatching it at some point soon. I really loved it. I might buy it on DVD. Who knows? On DVD? Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't even have a DVD player. Yeah. I just really support it, and I feel bad that I've been like, um, kind of like putting it off for five years, and now now that I have watched it, I'm like, I stand this movie. <laughs> But I do. It's really good. I think people should watch it. If we're a little bit more diverse, I would say that we would like do it as like a movie club or something like that. It is a pretty white movie. But the main like, one of the main romantic love interests like the boyfriend, that the pianist guy, mm-hmm. is not white. I think one of their friends is not, like, it's not it's not like a movie of just a whole bunch of white people talking to each other. No. Um, so, so when I say diverse I mean like that. But I mean it's it just, like, some gays. <laughs> but, wow. but it's good. You should go watch it. And I'm, I'm done talking about those people because I do have other things to talk about. Okay. So last night, I actually haven't told you this at all because I wanted to save it. So last night I started at a new show, as everybody, I'm sure, is surprised. Okay. It's a brand new show that literally came out on Netflix this like this week. Like, I think it came out the other day, actually. Um, It's called Say I Do. Have you okay. heard of it? No. I don't think I've cried that hard with anything not happening in my own personal life in a long time. Like I was on my couch at 2 a.m. like mopping up tears from my face. So Say I Do is created by the same people who created Netflix's version of Queer Eye and it stars these three gay guys and one of them is white One of them is Vietnamese, and uh, the other guy is Italian. (laughs) Um, Or maybe not. Maybe he's not Italian. I think he's Italian. I don't want to assume his race, but I'm pretty sure he's just Italian. Um, And they do surprise weddings. And so I've only seen two of the episodes so far. Um, But they're the only two that you really need to watch. Um, So basically what happens is you are somebody who is engaged and your wedding was put off for whatever reason. And these three guys come into your life. They like kind of help fix whatever you're kind of going through emotionally at the time. And then in a week they throw you like an, an, expensive fully designed and thought through wedding and like customized for this couple. And about halfway through the week, the person who decided to do it, Reproposes to their fiance, who does not know what's happening. And, and it, they're like, would you marry me this weekend? And they like throw a wedding in a week. That's kind of like the concept of the show. Two episodes feature um, gay couples as the couple's getting married. And so those are the two episodes that I watched. I don't think I've ever witnessed people that love each other more than in those two episodes. Like, if you don't believe in love, just, like, watch it. <laughs> because I I was like, I don't think anybody will ever give me the kind of love that these, like, couples give each other. Like, it's insane. The first gay couple that you meet is a gay couple that got engaged and then one of them was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh my god. And they put off the wedding and then they just, like, never had it. And they frame it as, oh, it's a cancer-free party, and the guy that did that has now survived cancer um, is the one throwing it. And instead, it's a surprise wedding for his fiance to thank him for taking care of him for like the years that he had cancer. It is like mind blowing to see them like love each other the way that they do, and it, I, I, you just kind of like have to watch the episode, but I, like I don't want to ruin it. But okay. the other episode, the, the reason that I think that it's actually important, and I might even post a clip of it on our Instagram, we'll see if Netflix lets me. The couple that is getting engaged, one of they're both out, but one of them has accepted it and one of them has not accepted it and like prefers to live his life as a straight man and comes home, he has a fiance that's a man. And they, the three guys like show up to give them the wedding and they're like, we will give you that wedding. Like that is okay. But know that that's not like the wedding that we think you deserve. And like, you find out that his family is not accepting and him and his parents haven't spoke or him and his mom haven't spoken. And like, his deepest fear is like kissing his husband during the wedding and, and everybody like scoffing or not wanting to watch or not really wanting to be there and support them as a couple and um you find out that they don't really have any other gay friends and, uh, just like, he's just kind of like not accepting of his own self. And so they take him to almost like, a, it it is a gay club, but it's a gay club with like an open mic and everybody takes a turn and gets up and kind of tells their struggle and in, in their story. And, through both of the episodes that I watched, the host of the show, or not the host of the show, but the Vietnamese guy who does the like beautiful designs for this wedding. He does all of the like clothing. So like he does all the bride's dresses and the tuxes and the suits and everything like that. Throughout the whole show, he's kind of like alluded to the fact that he has like kind of a troubled family situation with the fact that he's gay and his partner and stuff like that, but he never really goes into it. And then, in this episode, he like gets up on stage and tells the story of him and his mom. And, he's, and it's a heart-wrenching monologue that he gives about his life that I will not try to replicate. But at the end of it, he explains that he's been with his partner for 13 years, but he's like, I don't need to get married like me and my partner like know how much we love each other we're not like we don't need to get married for ourselves we would want to celebrate it with everybody else and everybody else in their families do do not agree with their like lifestyle choices of being gay as they call it and so he's waiting to get married until his mom comes around and accepts him and he like is giving the he's like telling his story and opening up to all these people like sobbing and just being so vulnerable while also helping this gay couple plan their wedding. And then you watch him like design and prepare the wedding. And He's like putting parts that he wants in his wedding into all of the couple's weddings so that he can see them like come to life. And he like stands in the back while the wedding's happening, just like crying and I was like losing it for two hours, and I got so attached to these three guys that now I feel I'm I, I just have to go through and watch the rest of the show. Like I love them so much. All three of them. I again. just. Yeah. Um, the chef's name is Gabriel Bertaccini, so I guess he is Italian. Um, uh, he's really hot. He he like makes the menu for all of the couples um, this is what he looks like you can see it on our Instagram but I'm going to show Jay. Oh cute and then this is the guy that does the designing for the wedding like he does like what it's all going to look like and when I show you him know that I think that he's maybe one of the hottest people on the planet <laughs> oh yeah he is very your type and he's So fucking sweet, at least on the show. Um, And then, oh, and his name is Jeremiah Brent. And then the other guy is, his name is Ty. And this is him. Oh my God, he's so cute. Fucking love him. I love all of them. He has the same glasses as me. Oh my God, they are the same glasses. (laughs) Okay, his are, what is that? What is that? VL um, Louis Vuitton. Yes, his glasses are Louis Vuitton, but they are the exact same glasses.
1: His are Louis Vuitton, mine were like 9 dollars from glasses.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and so if you're wondering what to do this week and you've run out of everything to watch on Netflix and stuff, honestly, there are only two episodes that feature gay character or gay characters, gay people, at least of what I've seen so far. Um, but Hardcore it. it's so sweet, and I love these three guys so much. I, like, want to be friends with them. I feel like I already am. <laughs> but it's called um, Say I Do on Netflix.
1: Maybe I'll watch it. I probably won't, but maybe I will.
0: <laughs> I guess the last thing we have to talk about is the movie, right? Disclosure, yeah. 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 I did not take notes on it, but that movie i feel like was us not in the way like i like i do not identify myself as someone who is trans but while watching the movie i guess we'll start talking about watching the movie now but but i (laughs) but while watching the movie i was like i feel like this is just our podcast
1: yeah no absolutely and especially like like the people who were in it it just kept being like fan faves of the podcast like, if
0: Janet Mock had been in the movie, it would have been literally just our podcast. I was kind of surprised that she wasn't. They referenced her so much that yeah. I, I, I'm I surprised she never showed up. And I kind of held out for her because I was like, oh, they're kind of revealing people along the timeline of cinema. So maybe we'll see Janet later. But then it just never happened. Um, Janet, where it, were you?
1: I think it was only people who were in
0: L.A. and she lives in New York. That's fair. I um, but I really loved it. What did you think?
1: I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um I thought, like obviously, the parts I feel most qualified to speak on are the parts about like trans masculine people. I feel less qualified to, like, not like have an opinion but to speak on the parts about trans women just because I'm not a trans woman. And I thought it was really interesting how it started out being all about, like, trans women and, like, men in dresses and, like, throughout history, the sort of, like, tropes and stereotypes that go with that and the sort of, like, man in dresses comedy and stuff like that. And then how it sort of um, transitioned um, (laughs) into, like, I, I liked the part, I can't remember who said it, but the part that was like representation of trans women is so like you see so many more trans women than you do trans men and trans masculine people even though the like the the numbers of people who are actually those genders are kind of evenly split just like people who are cis um mm-hmm. it's like split in half and I I sort of wish it had gone a little bit more into like why we don't see as many transmasculine people because I have my own theories about that but like I won't get into them
0: I do wish that this was a series instead of a, a one-off documentary
1: me too I thought it I thought there were a lot of things it could have gone deeper into and a lot of places where it just sort of like skimmed the surface of things that could have been like a 30-minute episode of a series
0: mm-hmm. um, I do want to come I do want to come back to this conversation but keep going
1: Okay, one thing that I think they skipped over that was very important that everyone must know is um, in the part about the crying game. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Something absolutely urgent and shocking about the crying game is that the cis gay man who plays a trans woman in the crying game is the only person in the history of the world who also spells their name J-A-Y-E.
0: That's (laughs) not where I thought that was going
1: to (laughs) go. His name is Jay Davidson, and I have felt deeply spiritually connected to him since I was 14, and I found out about the crying game, and I learned that this man's name was Jay Davidson and that he played a trans character, and I was like, we are linked in a way he will never know. (laughs) And I would I love, love to have him on the podcast if only to talk about the fact that we have the same name.
0: Not The Crying Game.
1: <laughs> not The Crying Game. We would not um, have
0: it. One of the things that I, I wish that if it were a series that I could expand on is there were a lot of moments of it where I was like, wow. Uh, you know, through this kind of happened throughout it, but when they would show you examples of men like as women in cinema, as if that happened the entire time, but it did. But they would show like Patrick Swayze and Tu Wong Fu. And I, I in my brain, I was like, wow, I never would have considered that to be trans because I always watched that as a movie about drag queens. Not thinking Robert higher mind is super closed-minded in that like that is what was available. And so that is what this entire community kind of, gravitated towards because that's all there really like was and so in my close-minded brain I was like this is more drag when I'm like okay even if it is drag it still can be brought into other communities as other things in the same way that gay men accept other things as gayness when it's not really and so I wish that they would have had an episode on not that but kind of like on like the the kind of like intersections between drag and transness like I feel like a lot of the clips that they were showing like when they showed Mrs. Doubtfire I was like that's so weird because I always thought of it as drag I never thought of that as transness Mm -hmm. but then the the way that they explain it and like the way that those movies kind of like helped form the way that we look at transness in cinema I was like I get this and I think it's so interesting but that was such a small part of the documentary that I was like oh I want to hear more I want to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, and like along those lines, I think it would be cool to hear more about trans tra- trans representation that isn't actually trans representation. Like every trans person I know has characters in their head who like who have like trans head of characters.
0: Mm-hmm. Where they're like that character is not trans, but to me, that character is a trans character.
1: Right. And, like, that right. character helped me, f- like, f- like represented me as trans, even though this character is, like, portrayed as cis. And I, I thought it would be interesting to, like, take a look at that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll look at that in season whatever. Well, I
0: remember we talked a little bit about that in um, our asexuality roundtable and a little bit yeah. in our bisexuality roundtable of people being, like, I've never seen myself represented, but, like, kind of in this, like, one thing. Yeah, like, that would have been really interesting to go into. I also really loved, and I think it's just because I'm a, like, big nerd, but I, like, also really loved um, all of the incredible actors and uh, that were, like, featured in the film telling the stories of their careers and the things that we, like, never really got to hear. I really yeah. loved all of that. I But, like, my... The thing that I found kind of refreshing is I feel like on our podcast one more thing we spend a lot of time talking about the like intricacies of representation where for an example boys don't cry i've never seen and i remember talking about boys don't cry pretty early on obviously because it's such a big movie um and when we talk about it it's more of like uh, okay what did this represent what did this representation do and why is it not Great, like why do we need to change representation now from what that was? Which I still think is an incredibly valid conversation. Um, And I'm not saying that Hillary Swank should have played that character by all means, but it was interesting seeing the reaction of uh, the like trans masculine people that they were interviewing being like, yes, that representation is wrong, but that movie did so much for me.
1: Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
0: Like, there's yeah. there's that one person that's like, I finally saw myself, and even though it was violent, and I did not like some of the stuff that I saw, like I felt, like for the like I like I felt for the first time that I was seeing myself on screen, and I was like, wow, I've never really looked at it that way. That like, even though it is bad, and we should know better now, at the time it probably still hit home with like generations of people, and that yeah, kind of, that that has never really gone through my brain before. And I loved that 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 I loved having that kind of realization.
1: Yeah. And um, I think for me, similarly, a realization that I had, like, obviously, I've never I've never been like, it's okay for cis people to play trans people like that's just not my Mm -hmm. line of thinking. But the way that Jen Richards talked about the difference between playing a character and playing the transness of a character I, it that just for me was like it put into words something that I had never been able to express about, like, why it's bad for cis people to play trans characters. Um, I had
0: never fully understood it until she broke it down and explained it. And then they were also like, this is laughing with us and this is laughing against mm-hmm. us. And like, here's the line in between it. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> And there there were also things in it where I was like, I wish that they would have brought up how mainstream some of it is. Like, every once in a while, they would show you a clip, and you were like, whoa, really? Like, I I didn't realize that. Or, like, that was shoved into that TV show that I loved. Um, but I was kind of waiting for the Friends plotline to show up at some point, and it, like, never did. There's a trans Friends plotline? Oh, Yeah. Oh god. Yeah.
1: Do I want to um, know about it? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> At the time, I'm sure that it was very progressive. It is wildly inappropriate now. Okay. Which like which is why I was kind of waiting for it to come up in disclosure because I was like, "Oh, this whole move this whole documentary is talking about that plotline in the whole series of friends. It's not like an episodic plotline. It's like a character that is in the whole show. Oh God, um, okay. Just, just not, it's uh, It's one of their parents. I think it's Chandler's, oh. uh, I think it's one of Chandler's parents. And then it never did. And I was like, oh, I, I really appreciated the times where it did bring up such well-known stuff like Mrs. Doubtfire, where I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. But I did also like seeing the history of it through cinema because they brought up a lot of films that I had never seen. And I was like, whoa, like, in, like again, entire generations of people were connected to this film that I never knew about for X, Y, Z reason. Potentially because trans people were represented in it.
1: Right. Yeah, I ha- I think I had seen most, if not all, of the um, movies they talked about with trans masculine representation, the movies and TV shows, and I had seen a lot of I I had seen most of the movies that they talked about at length with trans feminine representation but a lot of the like little cuts of things I was like I didn't even know that movie existed but yeah, yeah I loved it I thought it was I don't know I feel like there was probably a big difference in our experiences watching it
0: yeah I mean say
1: probably <laughs> as the, as there is for like literally anything there's a difference between how people experience it
0: I'm sure there is because I also did not recognize a lot of the people in it and I'm sure the people that I did recognize you did not recognize
1: I recognized almost everyone
0: or I guess in that, like, I watched all of Sensei, and so I, like, have a deep love for Jamie Clayton. Jamie Clayton, by the way,
1: I can't believe you've never told me about her. She is exactly my type.
0: <laughs> She's amazing. She's also a really good actress. I, when like, she showed I up Sense8. and
1: she had the bl- the blonde hair and the dark eyebrows, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really love, so like when she came up and she was talking about like how much she loved her character, I was like, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because I also love that character and I'm glad that yeah. she brings you as much joy playing her as I did watching it. And, um, but then there were people like, and I'm sure that you loved seeing um, uh, uh, your, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out where they fall for you. Your idol probably Elliot Fletcher. Yes. <laughs> but then there were a lot of people like Susan Stryker. I didn't know. Um, Jen Richards I recognized, but didn't like really, I had to like look her up. Bianca Lee. I didn't know. Brian Michael Smith. I knew, but all of the stuff that they talked about, I had no idea. Rain I didn't know. Did you know Teek Milan? Um, not really, like uh, a lot of the stuff that he talked about, I didn't, I was like, oh, this is news. <laughs> this news. And then w- when they talked, and like, when they talked about I Am Kate, I was like, I watched I Am Kate. Like, I know what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So I'm sure that like we had, and I'm also a cis gay man. So like, I'm sure we had very different.
1: Right. That's um, what I was getting watches. at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, also, that's not who I was talking about. Sorry. I'm looking at very small picture. I'm talking about Chase.
1: Oh, I love Chase.
0: Your idol, Chase. um, Chase I don't know how to say his last name. Strangio. Strangio? Strangio, I think. Chase, if you, like, I would love Chase on the podcast.
1: (laughs) We've tweeted at him and emailed him to try to get him on the podcast.
0: Uh, Also, um, I've never seen Ace Ventura.
1: Me neither. And I was
0: like, what is happening here? I was not expecting that at all. Sarah oh, August, I movie? Not <laughs> telling <laughs> 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 Um and I also love um Ellie from Rise and I love that Rise got like 30 seconds of screen yeah. time.
1: <laughs> I was I thought of you in that app and I was like, "Oh, Robert's
0: uh, thrilled." And then they also showed that little boy that's in um the OA. Um Oh my gosh, what's his name? Oh, that precious little boy that's trans on the OA. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I didn't watch the OA.
0: Ian Alexander.
1: Oh, Ian Alexander. Yeah, I know Ian. I, Whoa, I know Ian Alexander.
0: <laughs> also got like 10 seconds of screen time. Like, I I was also a little surprised that Pose didn't get as much screen time as I thought it was going to. Me and too. MJ wasn't brought in until the end.
1: Yeah, that was weird that MJ was only at the very end. However, what I did love was that it was like cut to black and it's the pose section now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't even talk about the pose section, but yes, I love that. Also, something that I realized while watching it I did not, I don't think that I actually realized how well spoken laverne cox and alexandra billings are yeah. like if they were not a part of this it would not have happened like they what they had to say kind of like drove the movie for me
1: yeah and they were very good at like
0: throughlining it yeah and uh i do have to say that about jen richards as well mm-hmm. and that oh my god i think my favorite part of the movie was jen richards kind of like breakthrough towards the second half of the movie yes and have you read her tweet about that Yes, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I have not. She tweeted,
1: like, my mom and I are on better terms than ever, and now someone does look at me that way, and it's amazing. Oh. Yeah. Because she has a GF.
0: Oh, I love that. I was, like, uh, captivated is the wrong word, but I was, when she started, like, talking about herself and, like, telling that part of her story, I it kind of like took the whole documentary to another level for me. Yeah. Like did it became less about the movie making part of it and more about like them as people, like them being the cast of the movie. And I was like, Oh, like this is something that not only affected cinema, but also has affected every single one of these people outside of Hollywood. I, I don't know how to keep bringing it up, but I just, I just want to say again that like, I through the whole thing was like, wow, this is like, the kind of stuff we talk about all the time. And I'm glad that like somebody's finally listening. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, like a lot of the, not a lot of, some of the things that they talked about in the documentary are things that we've been talking about the entire time. So once again, once (laughs) Once again, we are ahead of the curve. I really liked it though. I'm really, I'm, I'm glad that this exists in the world and I hope that the right people see it. I'm sure that it's, what I'm okay, here's actually what I'm hoping. I know that like bigoted Karen's in Alabama will probably never watch this movie. Like I'm I've I've accepted that fact. Yeah. But I hope that people like me who are a part of the LGBT community, but maybe don't know a lot about the representation or the history of transness in cinema end up watching it and come out at least learning something new. Like there were a lot of things that I learned about. Like I, and yeah so much as to say that like even the, with the l word we've talked about that before and that plot line but for some reason like hearing it from people who were actually affected by that at that time while it was airing yeah like added a different kind of education to it and then having um leo who plays uh i don't know the character's name but the new trans character in like generation key or whatever there and like seeing the full circle of it i was like wow this is like actually connecting a lot of wires in my brain yeah but th- i guess last thing that i want to say about the movie is i did not expect them to get as candid about transparent as they did yeah me neither like, I, I knew Trace was in the movie. For some reason, I didn't even think that they would really go into commenting on it. And then even as they showed Trace in the movie, they did not show Moira as a character. And then all of a sudden it was like, and then yeah. Trace <laughs> said so then something happened. And I was like, oh, shit, we're, like, getting into this right now. I was like, okay. And, I mean, I was here for it. I just, for some reason, I just didn't see it coming. I think it's a great documentary, and I think if you've made it this far into the episode and you still haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Yeah. Also, go watch A Fantastic Woman. True. So, next week.
1: Yes. We are watching. La... I thought we were going to say it together. <laughs>
0: oh, <Okay>, here <ready? laughs> um we're gonna be talking about love victor on hulu yes previously from disney plus um but now the home of hamilton (laughs) um (laughs) i guess if you haven't started it you have a week to watch the whole series it is bingeable i would say yeah. It is it, the episodes are long, but the series is not that long. It's only like what seven, I six, eight episodes, episodes, something like that. Oh, wow! It's oh, that is 10 episodes.
1: It's 10 episodes. But the
0: episodes are short, the episodes are 30 minutes, but it's 10 episodes. Yeah, they're all under 30 minutes. Quick watch, cute watch. We'll talk about it next week because got lots to say. I guess until then, we'll see you next week on our new day, as the same as this week. Yeah,
1: okay. Bye. Bye.